This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is of what is an amazing morning, an absolutely brilliant, brilliant day. Um, I woke up smiling. I woke up laughing. I think I woke up and just sat there and laid in bed and was just like, uh, <laughs> um, just laughing because I was. I've just been so overwhelmed with emotion of the last. 12 hours or so um and beyond what an amazing game uh what an amazing spectacle it's absolutely scandalous that that wasn't televised in the uk um and i feel very very lucky and very honored to have been at that fixture um i i haven't been to many of the in fact i think that's my second premier league home game um because how things work is uh, we've got two writers at Football London, and uh, usually you only get one writer in um, at uh, at Arsenal's home Premier League games. So, of course, Kyra has been going to to those games. And on Friday, I got a message uh, from my boss saying, "You're never going to believe this, but uh, you're both in for Bournemouth. Um, you're both going." And uh, I was like, "Oh, buzzing! Like, <laughs> absolutely buzzing!" Um, obviously, you know, getting to go to the games is. Is special. I've gone to the majority of the away games this season. Um, but getting that message, but I never in a million years expected what I would witness. Now, going into the game, I thought it would be relatively um I thought it was gonna be comfortable. I thought it was gonna be a comfortable win, and I thought because I just I'd I'll be very honest, I didn't particularly rate Bournemouth too highly. Uh, I thought they were absolutely horrible against Man City last week. Um, and I thought Arsenal would be fairly comfortable. But it was anything but comfortable. Uh, anything but comfortable. Um, and uh, ultimately ended in one of the greatest last kicks of an Arsenal-related game. Um, yeah, it could be something. And it could mean something very special uh, in the, the months to come. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. I'm sure 
you all are. Um, thank you, everybody that has indeed tuned in to this morning's show. Let's have a quick look. StreamYard has indeed, I believe, um, stolen uh, <laughs> the rights of whoever was first. I have a feeling it was Matt G. I think he wrote something along the lines of football is a funny old game. But there's been so many comments now in the chat box already. Um, that we've lost whoever was first. So I can only apologize for that. But Ben, good morning to you. Um, <laughs> Popeye says, 2 a.m. game here and I'm still drunk and <laughs> buzzing. Damn, no words. Uh, Ashwin, good morning to you. Uh, Carl, good morning to you. Uh, Stephen, Alex, Martin, um, and plenty more I can see in the chat box. We're going to get to your questions. We're going to get to that in part two. I haven't made a slideshow. Um I just I couldn't I I can't kind of categorize up the game and so I just feel as though I need to just talk for a bit and then we'll go into some of your questions in in, in the second part of the show because yeah uh trying to split that game up would I think just take away from the spectacle of it all um and so yeah I think we'll just talk a little bit about the game and then we'll go into some specifics with you guys in the chat box uh, it was great to see Clive and Elliot from the Arsenal Vision podcast yesterday. Um, saw them before and after the game. And uh, <laughs> Clive, who I know watches our morning shows, I'm sure won't mind me sharing this. But when um, we ran into each other in the in the uh, Tollington, I went and just popped in to have a soft drink before I head I headed home. And um, I, <laughs> me and Clive, just spotted each other and embraced and. It was like a, it was like a scene from a film uh, where we just like just like embraced like this is huge, this is massive, um, and it felt like that. Uh, it felt so de- season defining after the fixture. The I, I was really kind of I'd not given up hope, but I'd certainly just thought. I remember when we uh, I, I remember when the the corner or the chance before the Zinchenko uh, f- attempt, which led to the corner that led to the goal. Uh, I think it just it went out and uh, I think it was the Billingham ball incident in which, it, to, to me, I think that looks like handball. Uh, maybe proximity comes into things. But uh, at that point, I was like, it's done. Yeah, that's, 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 this sucks. Like, we've, we've fought back so well to get those two goals from two mad moments on the Bournemouth side of things. And it sucks that we're not going to get anything out of this. And I was so convinced that we would just like that, that this would now end 2-2 and it would be the most, the biggest injustice that you've ever seen. You know, O'Neill after the game said in his interview that he felt like it was, it was unfair on Bournemouth to not come away with something. But I, I don't agree with him. Um, you score two goals. You score two really good goals. Uh, the first goal in particular is is mental, like, and it is planned. And I don't care what anyone says if they're saying he's just saying it was planned because it worked. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't even be asked the question. If it doesn't, it would just be a chance. But it is planned. That is scripted um, to perfection. And they executed that to perfection. And when you go 1-0 down in nine seconds... All of a sudden, everything that you thought about the game, the way in which you spoke before the game, your mentality before the game, it kind of just evaporates in an instant because you've just been kind of given this absolute gut punch. And then you're fighting back and you're fighting back and you're having shot after chance after chance. You're trying to play the ball into the box. And in the first half, I thought it was disjointed. I thought we lacked that little bit of finesse, that little bit of edge, the the kind of the ruthlessness that we showed in the Everton game. We just kind of didn't have in that first half at all. Um, Saka should have scored almost immediately after 
we'd conceded. Uh, Odegaard with the shot, parrying out to Saka. Saka should score in that moment. Um, and at half time, it was we were all kind of looking at each other in the press lounge, like, yeah, not great. And then we were discussing the fact that the Bournemouth first goal shouldn't even stood because uh, there's two Bournemouth players with their feet inside the Arsenal half. And that's the I, you don't want to go into if we drawn or lost, I'd go into that with more scrutiny because. The irony is, and the funny joke is, is that VAR didn't even need to draw the lines for that. <laughs> There's a literal line in the middle of the pitch the entire time. So their first goal shouldn't have even stood. Um, but yes, we should have responded better in the first half. We didn't. And then at half time, Arteta does something that he is now doing continually. Uh, and that's being ruthless with his team. Took off Tommy Asu, who I thought had a really poor uh, game. I thought, you know, I think it was summed up by his missed kick on the right hand side when he was under no pressure to try and put the ball into the box. Brought Ben White on, who I'll get on to shortly, don't worry. Um, and uh, and then in the second half, you're like, okay, regroup, reset. We're going to go out and uh, and turn this one around. And then they score again. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, this reminds me of the pre season game against Juventus. And for those of you that were able to watch that, I think it was watchable on the Arsenal website. I was there at the Emirates for that friendly. And it felt like that Juventus game where, even though that had nothing riding on it because it was a friendly, but we dominated. We dominated that game, created chance after chance, couldn't score. And Juventus had two shots on goal and scored two goals and came away with a 2-0 win. And I was sitting there thinking, this is a carbon copy of that Juventus friendly and I'm watching this before my eyes. We had Nelson go down injured. And of course, we lost Trossard in this one. We'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, I, I look at what we... I look at that game. I look at everything to do with a team that is trying to fight for the title. And there's always that part inside you that goes, yeah, you know what? We can win. We can turn this around. And we will do this. And we will change the course of this fixture. And we managed to do that in great style. Um, but let's talk about the goals first of all. Initially, we respond quite quickly to the corner that set us back by two goals, and we went two nil down. Um, corner, Smithrow heads it, and it's interesting, is it? Because uh, Bournemouth didn't learn their lesson for the third goal because Smithrow's on the edge of the box, exactly where Nelson would be later in the game. Nobody marking him, no one worrying about him, and that's two goals that have come from a player lingering on the edge of the box for something to pop up. And it did pop up twice. Smith-Rose header is great. Partey there, right place, right time. Finishes really well. Um, and then suddenly you're like, well, we've scored really early in the second half now. There is loads of time, loads of time to get back into this game. Um, and then <laughs> really soon after we score the first one, the equaliser comes. And of all the people that could have popped up to score the equaliser, for those that are long-time listeners, of the, not even long-time, this season listeners of the channel, will know that the TGT prediction, as always, is a Ben White screamer. And so when, <laughs> when Ben White pops up with the equaliser and my Discord server goes mad and my Twitter goes mad and everyone's tweeting and everyone's messaging saying, oh, Ben White's done it. Um, yeah, what a finish. And what a cross from Reese Nelson as well. Um, to, to get that ball. I tell you, he comes on in the second half because Smith Rowe's not ready to play a full game. He's not injured. I don't think he's re-injured himself. There wasn't any chat about that after the game. He just wasn't ready to play um, the full fixture. And um, But Reese Nelson coming on, the left-footed cross. I tell you, the kid's got 
two feet. <laughs> That's for sure. That left-footed cross. Ben White, I think it's Anthony, loses his man at the back post. I think he's waiting for the counter-attack. And he's so preoccupied with the counter-attack that he loses Ben White. And Ben White goes into a bit of space at the back post. And Neto can't claw his hand to the ball soon enough. And it crosses well, well crossed the line really far over. And it was not a, a slow decision to see that given by goal line technology in Arsenal's favour. And then when you're at 2-2 with 15, 20 minutes of the game to go, you're like, it's it's a matter of time. But it didn't come. Like it, it wouldn't arrive. And we kept pushing, kept crossing. We had, what, 17 corners, something like that in the game. It ended up with 30 attempts in the game. And we just couldn't, we couldn't score. And we couldn't get the ball into the right areas. We didn't really create any, what I would say, as huge, huge chances at all. Like where was crossing, there was um, there was the one from Saka on the right-hand side that when he crossed, I think it hit Senesi and then it hit the post. That was probably the best chance that we had. Um, Martinelli went through on goal. That was probably our best kind of self-made chance, if you like, when he hit it over the bar. Um, that... Yeah, that that I think was a big a big issue that was continuing to grow. That the quality of chances that we were creating weren't good enough. And then Zinchenko pops up on the left hand side, strikes the ball across goal, takes a deflection, goes out for a corner, and then you know this is the last chance. And I'd been saying to Kaya throughout the entire game because there were people get, uh, in the crowd getting really frustrated with the short corners. Now, for me, I don't have a single problem at all with short corners, because I know the statistics for scoring directly from a, a whipped-in corner and across are so incredibly low that you're actually better off trying to work something from a short corner instead. So I like the way we use the short corners. It's helped us this season. We know that we've scored goals. You think about Zinchenko against Villa, gives you that immediately. But in those final seconds, you just need to whip the ball in the box. And I'll tell you who wasn't in the box... Aaron Ramsdale, maybe Emmy Martinez wants to take note because I guarantee you if we had Emmy Martinez in goal, he would be up there and maybe who knows, he distracts and things turn out differently. But Ramsdale stays back, credit where credit's due. Um, and then the ball just kind of pops out uh, of all people. Aris Nelson, who has had to go through a really unfortunate season because this is his last chance for Arsenal. He has this season and that's it. And there's been no suggestion that contract talks are, have even started, have even been suggested. There's been nothing, nothing to suggest that, that contract talks are, are in any way underway whatsoever. Um, and then he has a really good game against Nottingham Forest where he comes on for Saka, scores two goals and then gets more chances. And then the World Cup comes, interrupts things, has plays in the mid-season mid games, looks good in the mid-season friendlies. And then plays against Juventus in that last friendly before we get back underway and does his hamstring and gets another injury. And all of a sudden, a player who had a great chance, a really, really good chance to, to kind of make a name for himself in the early part of the second half of the season, has that taken away from him and has to fight his way back to full fitness, fight his way back into plans, gets fit, dropped out of the squads for the Everton game because it's just... It's Nelson. It's the easy thing to drop him. And if it isn't Freddie and Ketia's injury, you know, that's the irony here. If it isn't Freddie and Ketia's injury, Nelson isn't on the bench. Nelson is not on the bench today, uh, yesterday. But because Eddie and Ketia got injured, there is a spot. And Nelson's brought back into the squad, comes on for Smith Rowe, puts in the cross of white. But yeah, this corner comes in, pops up to the edge of the box, 
Nelson standing where Smith Rowe was standing for the first goal, flicks it onto his left foot and just hits a ball like he's never dreamed of hitting into the far right-hand side of the net. And Neto, and I mean, what happens after that is just pandemonium. Like what happens after that moment where the ball just crosses the line and smacks into the back of the net is a moment in time that I feel will be locked in my brain forever. The excitement, the noise, the vibration amongst the crowds, the way the stadium shook, the different style of celebrations of the players, the reaction of the the staff, the reaction of the subs, the reaction of the stewards, the reaction of everybody, all of us Arsenal fans watching around the world, of which there are brilliant clips on social media that you can go through and watch of reactions of supporters all around the world witnessing that in real time. It just... It was everybody was as one in that moment and we all just lost it. And as you know, and as I explained at the Aston Villa game, when you're in the press box, the protocol is you don't celebrate. The protocol in the press box is you have to remain as calm as you can. And props to those that can do that. Props to those that know that their report that they have written on Arsenal disappointingly drawing 2-2 at home to Bournemouth and perhaps costing themselves a significant step forward in the title race, had to then pick up their laptops, scrunch them into a little ball and throw it away to get a brand new laptop out the bag and rewrite their entire match report. I feel sorry for the people that had to do that. Thankfully, that's, that wasn't my job on the day. Um, <laughs> I was doing the live blog, so uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, my task to do a match report. So... And I felt bad for a good friend of the show and uh, evening standard writer Simon Collings when we were in the mix zone after the game is sitting on the floor rewriting everything as fast as he feasibly can. Um, fair play, you got to admire the dedication, and that's that's when the job really does get difficult. But me in the in the blog, I, I think I must have been about thirty seconds slightly after because it just yeah, emotion took over everybody around me i was surrounded by a fair few arsenal supporting members of the of the press box uh the fans we were right by the edge of the press box of the fans all around us as well and it just it was it was magical (laughs) it was magical and uh i won't ever forget that moment as i'm sure you and and plenty of if not all arsenal supporting fans watching this not watching this around the world will never forget that moment because it was just pure elation and jubilance, and relief, and belief as well. Um, belief was reborn and resurrected out of ashes of a 2-2 home drawer against Bournemouth, being thrown in the bin and thinking, no, this is Arsenal, and this is our season, and we're not going to let you do this. It was great, and I will never, ever forget it. And I feel very, 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 very fortunate to have been there and witnessed that in real time in that moment. And... Uh, for those that are able to see it in real time, that managed to find a way to do that, be that around the world who were able to or here in the UK and you found some kind of way of knowing what was happening, whether it was watching Sky Sports' coverage or BT Sports' coverage of the of the commentary uh, or listening on the radio or however you managed to see the game. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and made the most of it because I... I don't use words like I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Um, And I don't think we will see anything like the scenes of 89. But as someone who wasn't alive um, for that moment, but certainly has has lived it in through documentaries like the brilliant 89 documentary that is out there, um, 
there are times where you look back in the past as an Arsenal fan and you look back at things that you missed because you just weren't consciously aware of them because you either weren't alive or you were too young. And you just yearn and long for moments that will try to replicate that. And so that you as an Arsenal fan in your youth or your um, experience, wiser, age, wise, uh, wiser ages of, of, of your uh, later years, um, will experience those things again or for the first time. And I certainly felt like Nelson's goal yesterday was a goal that will hopefully go down in history uh, for us as a club. And uh, I, yeah, what an amazing day. What an amazing, incredible day. But let's move to part two, jump into the chat box and get plenty of your reactions and questions. And we can talk about how you're feeling about yesterday's game. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Okay, let's jump into the chat. I'm just scrolling up in my uh, StreamYard to make sure I've not missed or make sure I read out any Super Chats that have jumped in whilst I was going through the first part. Uh, Mike in Perth says, uh, won the league at Paul United Spuds in 2023 at the Etihad. I don't know if we're going to do that, Mike, but uh, who knows? Things Kings can change very quickly. Uh, James says, two goals, two assists from the subs. Thoughts on Arteta's substitutions now, Tom? Thanks for making this season ever more enjoyable for us. Love your work. James, when they work, they work. And they worked yesterday. I tell you what, when Xhaka was coming on the pitch for um, for Vieira, I was like, I wasn't annoyed about the sub at all because I was thinking, you know, in that final third, Xhaka's going to give us more control. He's going to give us more. Um, Vieira's obviously a lot younger. He's inexperienced. And whilst Xhaka doesn't necessarily have the experience in this, um, in the context of a title potentially winning season, um, he is going to give you the experience, the calmness, and uh, and I think Xhaka did that. I think it was a good substitution. We didn't really have much else. I still feel for Kieran Tierney. I don't know when Kieran Tierney gets an opportunity in these types of games. Perhaps not. I'm sure he'll start on Thursday, but I felt for him. But yeah, and I said it earlier on in the show, you know, the ruthlessness to take off um, Tommy Asu at halftime, and then the ruthlessness to, to recognise that Smith Rowe isn't ready to play. That many minutes, still building up his match fitness. And I think certainly looked a bit off it when he came on as well. But Reese Nelson, fit, firing, ready, and uh, and came into the team with a a hell of a motive uh, to show why he should stay at Arsenal. And, and perhaps he's done that. Uh, Vishal, thank you so much kindly uh, for joining up as a member as well. Very much a warm welcome to you. And uh, enjoy your time with us. Uh, if you are indeed an expert member or a TGT ambassador, you can join our Discord server, which I can assure you, Looked like a lot of fun. 
yesterday for those that are unable to watch the game with friends, family, um, or just don't have uh, Arsenal supporting people in their lives. It's an amazing resource to connect and join up with other fellow Arsenal fans and enjoy the games together. It really, really is. Um, let's go to um, Pafithran, who says, Hey, Tom, how many adults did you see getting emotional in the stadium? Have you seen such emotions ever during the Emirates era? I surely haven't. Um, I can't say I saw any fans crying um if that's what you're asking i do know that there are supporters out there that certainly have admitted online and you know even our comment sections that they shed a tear yesterday um trying to remain composed then write up uh, a piece after the game and then have to go and do them have to go this doesn't make it sound like such a chore have the absolute honor of being able to go down to the mix zone and speak to one of the players after the game as well and interview uh, with that player will be out later on today but um, it's 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 so difficult to explain. Like I was talking to uh, someone who works at the club after the game before I head down, headed down to the mix zone. She turned around to me and said, "Like how an amazing, how what an amazing game it was." And I just said, "Yeah, it, it was absolutely unbelievable." And I felt like I could enjoy it, but I did also say, "I was like, it's in these moments where you do you sometimes." take for granted the ability to go to the games as a fan and experience it as the raw emotion. And, you know, I don't take for granted my job for a second and I'm very, very, um, very, very lucky to be where I am. But there is always that kind of side to the job, which is you're going there working and you're going there to, to cover the game and that as an Arsenal fan, you know, that must have been incredible to be in there. I still felt like I, I certainly bought into it and indulged myself as much as I could in that moment. But very quickly then, composure and continue to write and keep going. So the emotions were running high around the whole stadium. I know people that certainly did shed a tear um, after the game. Some did. Um, and I don't blame you because it was such a moment. Such, I think I made noises that I don't think I've ever made. Um, certainly that my missus has not heard before. Uh, Dan says, I know it's been and gone, but am I the only one that thinks that Martinelli was manhandled out of the space they scored from? If White holding his hands is enough to interfere with it, um, I don't know, maybe. Maybe. I, I can't say, Dan, that my mind is has kind of latched onto that as something that sticks in my head. So I feel like I'm not even qualified to, to talk about it because it's not stuck in my brain at all as something that happened. Uh, Machiavelli says, Tom, don't you think that we're making 3-2 wins a bit of a habit? Liverpool, Man United, Bournemouth. I mean, I don't care how we win as long as we win these days. It's one of those seasons where, you know, we look at Man City and how they've won campaigns and they win games by winning three, four, five goals up on their opponents on a regular occasion. And we've not done that enough this season. But... How I don't think we're that we're not there yet. You know, if we're going to be a title winning team in seasons to come, and I really hope that we are, that's when we start need to challenging ourselves to become a dominant force that does win regularly by a big scoreline. And then we don't have to rely on trying to close that goal difference to our opponents. That goal difference has opened up, I think, now to seven um, after yesterday's games. And uh, it's, it's an assailable amount of goals because all you need is City to lose one game and Arsenal to win one game, and suddenly it's very, very close. But, um, you know, in seasons to come, we'll start winning games, I hope, by significant um, numbers of, of, of goals. Uh, but this season, I don't care how we win. As, as long as we win, 
<laughs> it's as simple as that for me. Uh, let's scroll up because I know I've missed some of these. Uh, Vishal says, glad to be back in the fold, Tom, as a member. Yesterday was mad. I'll have noise complaints served up pretty soon, but that was absolutely worth it indeed. Um, let's scroll up some more. Uh, it's because I know that I've definitely missed some questions that were coming in earlier on. Uh, Josh says, apparently Reese Nelson's contract ends at the end of the season. Should Arsenal renew his deal? I would, uh, and I'd loan him to Brighton to get even more development at a team like the Seagulls. Um, look, it's very easy to get whipped up in the moment of something and think then that that player should be staying, should be renewed. Now, for me, I'm not closing the door on Nelson staying with Arsenal anymore. <laughs> I'm not closing the door on it. What I'm saying is, is that this is a big, big three months. The rest of March, April, May, Nelson has a spot in the team. Nelson has a spot in the squad. And I would much rather have Nelson on the bench than an extra centre-back. So if it means that Kivior loses his space when Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus hopefully return, then Kivior loses his spot. Because we need to have that option on the bench. Nelson needs to be there. He needs to be there as an option because he gives us something. And he's given us something so many times now. And his influence is, is undeniable for the campaign and has certainly earned us at least six points in this season uh, with the Nottingham Forest goals and, of course, with the goal yesterday. Um, but with Nketiah out for a, an amount of time that we don't really know the extent of, um, he may indeed already have that spot. Um, so Nelson indeed will be starting against Sporting, I'm sure. He'll be starting that game on Thursday night and hopefully he can continue his fine form and uh, work his way, who knows, maybe into the Arsenal team because if, if Nketi is out and Trossard's out, and we haven't talked about Trossard getting injured, and until Gabriel Jesus returns, it could be that until Smith-Rowe is deemed fully fit that Nelson's on the left, Martinelli's through the middle and Saka's on the right. That could be the team that starts against Fulham. We'll have to wait and see. Amazing to think that a front line of Nelson, Martinelli and Saka is what won us the game yesterday and could end up being a starting lineup um, against Fulham. We'll see. Um, it will depend on Smith-Rowe's availability and fitness. and It will depend on Nketiah Trossard and Jesus' status as well. But all of a sudden, having three strikers and you know the idea of having Nketiah, Balogun and Jesus next season doesn't seem all that bad when you have a situation like we have right now. Um, Benji says, what's going on with Tommy Ash's attacking play? It seems like he's really unsure of himself. I just think he's down on Tross, uh, down on Trosser, down on, um, down on confidence. I just think that he's very much not, um, the player that he was last season when he was playing week in, week out. And, and I think not playing week in, week out has that effect on you and has that ability to, um, dent you uh, and dent your self-belief. So, if he was playing week in, week out, I don't think we'd see that. I honestly think that his position in the team is going to be is going to be becoming the alternative left back. I think that will become his long term position at Arsenal if he, indeed he does stay. And if Tierney moves on and Tavares moves on, I think Tommy Asu will become the alternative left back in the team, and we'll bring in someone like a Fresneda or someone like that at right back to give us a bit more balance and, and variation on that side. So that's kind of where I see things going with Tommy. But uh, he's just really lacking confidence. Really lacking confidence. Um, Peter says, I thought Bournemouth time wastes a lot during the game. If you agree, do you think they will be regretting wasting that time in how we scored in the 97th minute? Yeah, uh, don't pay any attention to any rival fans saying that 
they played additional time um, and they played a silly amount of time. Trust me, for those that weren't able to watch the game in full, Bright Brighton, Bournemouth wasted a silly, silly amount of time during the game. Uh, so, I mean, there were subs, there was VAR checks. I thought six minutes was slightly under what it should have been but it certainly wasn't overestimating things. And then in the first minute of added time, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Stevens or Mepham, one of them, went down injured and was on the floor for a good 50 or so seconds. And then that ate up the first minute of the added time. So when Arsenal scored in the 97th, it was fair that a minute was added on because one minute of that added time was taken up by a player being down on the floor. So if you see any salty rival fans moaning about how much added time there was, you can turn around and say, Stop being ridiculous. If you watch the game, you'd know that's exactly how much time arguably should have been more that was added on at the end. But uh, if you haven't seen the celebration of Ben White for the third goal in front of Neto, seek it out, find it. It will make you love that man even more. And I didn't know it was possible to love Ben White even more than I already did. Um, But uh, seek it out and find it. It's certainly going to be worth your time seeing how he celebrates in front of Neto. Marcus says, how worried are you that three forwards now out with Jesus and Ketia Trossard, assuming that he is? Yeah, I'm very concerned. Uh, it seems like a groin issue, a muscular groin issue. That could be weeks, and we hope it's just weeks. Um, but that's a big, big blow. Um, we could be without him for a month. We could be without him for two months. We could be without him for a couple of weeks until we know more of the extent of the problem. But when things happen off the ball and you're running back, it's never really that good. The benefit is it's not a knee injury, so it's not a season-ending injury, but it could be something that rules him out for a month. Um, and that that would be really, really damaging, especially with the Europa League coming back. But it's a chance for Nelson. And I'll tell you what, Nelson's record this season, what is it? Something like three Premier League appearances, um, three goals, two assists. <laughs> it's got a great record. So, you know, you got to say fair play to the kids. Uh, I say kid, he's 23 now. He's... he's doing brilliantly well when he's being given these chances. So that's what I always said about Nelson. That he's never took his chance. Finally, he's taken his chance and he's reached that level. So let's see what happens. Um, let's go to Ben who says, hey, Tom, question. Great win. Um, but do you have any reservations with our defence? Giving up two goals to Aston Villa and Bournemouth seems somewhat concerning. Yeah, look, obviously the the early goals against Bournemouth and Villa are, are a worry. And we need to be more composed and ready at the start of games to stop those things because that can cost you. It didn't cost us in the end yesterday, but it can cost you. So we need to make sure that we are tightening things up and we're more composed and we're doubling up. We're stopping the crosses. We're stopping the long balls in behind. We're not playing anything too risky in those opening moments. So, yeah, we need to be ready for that. And hopefully this is... what It's, it's great when those things happen in games that you win because it means that you can react. It means that you can quantify that you can assess it and you can go again and it's not had an impact on your season. But yeah, we absolutely need to be considering what we are doing in those moments because it has cost us. It certainly has cost us. Um, Carl says, so Tom, who called the Ben White screamer this week? Uh, well, I did because I claim it every week, but Aaron, of course, did on our previous show as well. Um, so yeah, um, brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, Noel says, did you see that Jesus warmed down with the team and played football with them after the game? Uh, no. No, I didn't. Uh, Jesus warmed down. Let's have a look. 
Gabriel Jesus took part in the warm down with other Arsenal substitutes at the Emirates Stadium after this match this evening. Well, there you go. He is indeed on the pitch, warming down with the players. Brilliant to see. Um, yeah, absolutely great. Look, uh, Charles Watt said, but it looked pretty intensive. He was doing the same as the subs, including playing in the little game they do. There you go. Great. That's that's a really, really fantastic sight to see. Uh, Big White Clock says uh, Nelson will be ending up uh, with a statue outside the Emirates, perhaps even a column uh, on him. <laughs> I wrote about Nelson this morning in my column for the winners and losers piece. So there you go. Um, let's go to Dave who says, my buddy says the title would be hollow and would deserve an asterisk if City sweep us. I say the champagne will taste the same. Hey, if sweet is sweet, if City beat us twice, um, I don't care. Do you think that Leicester City have put an asterisk next to their title win because we beat them twice during that season? Ask them. Ask them if they care. <laughs> I bet they don't. I bet they don't at all. Um, let's go to. Um, Let's go to R.D. Hollyfield, who says, this is the second game this season. Nelson has come off the bench with match-winning performances. Absolutely. Uh, Omar says, today I realise football fans don't know what added time means. Ian says they had an injury in extra time, and that's why it went to one more minute. Um, Mohamed says, yesterday's match proved the huge difference between uh, Ben White and Tommy Asu attacking-wise. The Japanese international was poor and did not offer anything that means that we need another right-back with a good attacking qualities. Well, we tried, and we certainly are interested in one. We tried for one in January. It didn't really happen, but certainly that'll be something for the future. Paul, thank you so much for the kind donation. I was in the stadium in the joy relief. Euphoria doesn't come close uh, across the TV. Our performance and our team and our fans uh, were brilliant yesterday. I've never been so proud. It was, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Michael says, good morning, Tom. I'm beginning to believe that there is a conspiracy to sabotage our chances of winning the league by the officials. What's your take on the VAR decisions yesterday? Uh, whilst I don't agree with the conspiracy, you know me, I like to just believe the good in people. Um, what I do think is that some of the VAR choices are, are put me into a position where I'm like, I don't know. I think if we run through them off the top of my head, they're trying to remember all of them. Uh, and I think, actually, if I look on Twitter, somebody put a big tweet up uh, of all of them. And I think Giant Guna responded to one of them. So hopefully, here it is. So, yes, uh, Brandon, at Arsenal Illustrator, uh, tweeted saying, uh, PGMOL needs to be comprehensively gutted, sanitized, and rebuilt on the foundations of transparency, competency, and accountability. Simply embarrassing that this is the institution responsible for overseeing the sanctity of our beautiful game in the world's most visible league and uh, has highlighted some different instances. The first one is the handball on, I think it's Stevens. Um, the, it was, a you know, one of the Bournemouth centre-backs. It might have been Mepham, but the ball kind of is dropping down from a height in the 34th minute. And when he jumps, he kind of mistimes his jump and it hits him about here on his arm, which is where I would describe the, the armband being placed. Now, by the letter of the law, it's not handball because the handball zone is below the sleeve and where the ball lands and hits his arm is on the sleeve. So by the letter of the law, it's not a penalty. Now, I personally don't think that should be the rule. I think handball should be, well, from anywhere along the arm, really. If it's 
if it's not an intentional, well, I mean, if you've put your arm out, and maybe you didn't intend to hit it with his arm, but if you're putting your arm out like that and it's hit you on the arm, which it does, for me, that should be handball. By the letter of the current law, it's not. So that's gutting. Um, but that's the first one dealt with. The next one is the Tomiyasu one. And it's Senesi, I believe, that goes through the back of Tomiyasu. I think this is a penalty. For me, I think Tomiyasu gets the ball first. And I think Senesi's leg comes out behind Tomiyasu. And I think that's a penalty. I think that it's just a, I think it's quite an easy one, actually. I think Tomiyasu's foot gets the ball first. And then the player takes him out from behind. And I think that's a penalty. The third one highlighted is Erdegaard. Um, and that's striking the arm uh, of a player who I... It's very blurry, so I can't see who it is. But that's in the 79th minute, Erdegaard shot hitting the arm. I don't think that's handball. I think proximity is one of the big reasons why that's not given. Um, I think that we've seen it earlier this season. If you think about Jota's cross that hit Gabriel's hand in the box against Liverpool, proximity was the reason why that wasn't given. And I think this is exactly the same. I don't think this is a penalty. I think proximity means, and his arms kind of like in a, it's in a reserved position. It's not like out anywhere. It's kind of within. So I don't think that's a penalty. And then the final call is the billing one. Now this, I think again, like Tommy Asu's, I think is a penalty. I think that it's handball. Um, I I was shocked that it wasn't given. Uh, I was really shocked that one wasn't given. So for me, I think two out of the four calls are penalties. But I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, and I won't care because we won in the end. If we hadn't have won, I'd be going into these in a hell of a lot more detail and doing a lot more moaning about things. But I don't care. We won, and I'm not going to waste too much anymore. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. It is, it is what it is. Christian says, who cares? I don't want to use that as an excuse. The VAR wasn't with us if we were to lose that game. And I just think, for me, I don't care. Um, so I hope that I've rounded up those four VAR calls as best I could. Two, I think, are penalties. Two, I don't think, are penalties. Um, but uh, I still think it's one of those where the, the margins are probably quite fine for some people. So there you go. Um, without a space says, uh, Hey Tom, I live in Australia and it was at 2am for me. And when we went two nil down, I went to sleep and woke up and we scored three goals. What is my luck? Oh man, that's gutting. I'm so sorry that you had to, uh, I just had to deal with that. It must've been an amazing feeling when we eventually did manage to get that win. So, uh, I hope that you enjoyed waking up. It's probably the best wake up call you've ever had um but gutting at the same time that you missed it but what an amazing feeling to wake up and see that we turned it around uh joshua says tom i watched the southampton leicester match i'm jealous of how easy the official gave a handball penalty for southampton i've not seen that personally so i tell you what i've been so blinkered around arsenal the only other things i've watched so far i saw the end of the southampton game where leicester hit the bar that was i saw that on the tv i've seen the chelsea goal i've seen the I haven't seen the West Ham Brighton game yet. I need to watch and catch up on that this morning. And I saw one other thing, um, Man City's game. Um, so I've not really had a chance to see too much of the other stuff. We'll, of course, be doing a show tomorrow evening on the Arsenal Lounge, talking about this and more. I might be doing a show tonight. I might not. It depends. Uh, we might put a podcast together. We'll see if anyone in our regular group wants to chat. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I might just spend the evening chilling. Uh, I haven't had much time with the missus, uh, to be fair, because I've been away working and working all day tomorrow as well so yeah we'll see but maybe we'll put something together oh spurs lost of course no i did see that yeah i did see that 
<laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, Maximir says, Tom, we don't care because we won. But the facts remain that there is a conspiracy against us. Uh, the PGML does not want us to win the title. It's already tough dealing with 19 teams and to also do it with the PGML. Again, uh, these allegations, I personally choose to err on the side of, I hope that's not the case. And I hope they're just bad. I think, and I, I think they are just bad. I think they're bad. That's just where I'm at. I just think the officiating is bad in this country. I just don't think it's of a of, of the standard. I don't think it's of the level that is good enough. Um, I personally don't think there's a conspiracy. I personally just think they're bad. That's that's where my head is. That's where my head's at, unfortunately. And people should be right to demand better and a higher quality um, because it's not good enough at all. Uh, Ali says, I turned off the TV at 2-0 in anger. But as I left the room, walking around my room in frustration, I remember Tottenham's comeback against Bournemouth from 2-0 down. And I thought, don't be hasty. Also, remember Spurs' comeback against Leicester last season. That win against Leicester last season won them the Champions League qualification where they scored two goals in injury time. And it's football. It's part and parcel of what it is. I'll tell you what, Adrian Durham must be having palpitations with how lucky Arsenal got yesterday. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's what it is. Um, I get people disagree with me about the referees. That's fine. You know, we're all entitled to our opinions. I choose to believe that they're bad more so than anything else. And I just, I, I kind of live in a world where I, I hope that's that's the case. Um, the walking man says, uh, I can picture all the Spurs fans seeing us go two goals down and expecting themselves to win. And at the end of the day, we get the result and they lose. How glorious is that? That's football, and that's Tottenham. Um, Omar says, we have now come from behind to win five times this season. Before this campaign, we had only done that once in Arteta's entire tenure, and that was a 2-1 win against Wolves last season. This season has been about, Omar and everyone listening, changing the rhetoric around Arsenal. Breaking records, changing fortunes, and proving that this Arsenal team can do things that it couldn't do before. And one of those aspects is changing uh, results around. It's turning results over. It's going from 1-0 down or 2-0 down in this case and bringing it back. And this Arsenal team, as I never say, die attitude. Its mentality is brilliant. There is no questions about the mentality of this team. There's no questions about the accountability of this side. Everything about this Arsenal team is just brilliantly focused on the singular goal of getting where it wants to go. And that, we hope, is to a Premier League title. But, you know, going to Palace and winning, going to and playing against Liverpool and winning, going to Stamford Bridge again for the third season in a row and winning, back-to-back wins against Tottenham for the first time since 2014, winning in their ground, of course. Um, and have the best start to a Premier League season ever. Another season of getting to 60 points by that point, similar to the Invincibles. It's a an amazing achievement, what Arsenal have done this season. And uh, always the potential is going to be there for us to maybe go and win it. We're just going to have to wait and see. Keep the faith. Keep being, keep believing. And who knows what will happen. Uh, let's go to... Joshua says, I love Benjamin White's celebration in Neto's face. Me too. Uh, Brad says, you make your own luck. And we had to fight against our luck running out with all of those bad decisions. And we won anyway. Uh, no Fox uh, Given says, uh, hi, Tom. Uh, have you mentioned that everyone in our first 11 has now been on the score sheet? Incredible stuff. 
other than Ramsdale, of course. Um, but yeah, so has Tommy Asu scored in our starting 11? I suppose you're saying, yeah, so no, Ben White has scored, Saliba has scored, Gabriel has scored, Zinchenko has scored, Partey has scored, Xhaka has obviously scored, so has Erdegaard, so has Saka, Jesus or Enketia or Trossard, and so has Martinelli. Yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? What a great stat. Did you also see the stat that this is the first time that Arsenal had not fielded a player? that had played under Arsene Wenger since 1986. I think that was the stat of the day. Um, that was an amazing statistic that came out yesterday. Uh, I'm trying to find the person who was responsible for that. I know Charles retweeted it. Let me see if Charles... Hang on, Charles's Twitter account. Let's scroll down. Boom, 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 boom. Where is this statistic? Here we go. Harvey Downs tweeted it. Arsenal have named a starting eleven without a single player to have made a competitive appearance under Arsene Wenger for the first time since the 22nd of January 1986 versus Aston Villa in the League Cup. What a statistic that is. That's amazing. I assume it would have been Tony Adams, uh, the, the first one, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I'm assuming it might have been Tony Adams um, that was still there, still that player. Maybe, unless Martin Keown, but did he, did he come back to Arsenal by that point? But yeah, uh, I'm trying to think back with my memory being that good. I'm having to go back to when I was two years old. I managed to kick myself out of the stream. Brilliant. <laughs> That's never happened before. I was like, just scrolling back onto Twitter. Oh no, I'm going to kick back on the screen instead. Well done, me. Great one. <laughs> fantastic i broke it i broke Streamyard. incredible scenes could have done worse i could have closed my laptop down that would be even better somehow i've managed to click the back button yeah, brilliant absolutely brilliant i think we haven't done that i remember when my old mouse used to have like a back button those that know and listen to the show for a long time remember my mouse used to have a back button on it and i'd be doing the show and clicking things on the screen and all of a sudden you'd i'd just disappear because i'd click the back button on my mouse thankfully i'm not an idiot in that sense anymore because i threw that mouse in the bin but i still apparently will still click the back button on Streamyard. anyway let me go back onto twitter that's what i was trying to do um because there was another stat from yesterday that i wanted to read out if i can find it um after the game basically we were me simon and mark man Bryans, are waiting in the uh mix zone for the player that we were going to talk to and um and we were trying to think of, we were trying to think back to, uh, we were trying to think back to the the last time Arsenal had come from two goals down in a Premier League game. Now, the last time they'd done it in a game was Luda Goretz, we worked out in the Europa League, if you remember that game, where Ozil scored that brilliant goal, where he fake-shotted uh, a couple of times uh, and then scored. That's the last time Arsenal came back from two goals down to win. Um, but in the league, the last time Arsenal came from two goals down to win was 2012 in the North London derby. Adebayor and Louis Saha with the goals. And then a brilliant hat-trick uh, for... Was it a hat-trick? Sanya scored, Van Persie scored, Walcott scored two, and Rizitsky scored. So it wasn't a hat-trick, but two goals from, from Walcott, one from Rizitsky, one from Van Persie and one from Bakary Sanya. Uh, turned things around in a 5-2 win. A brilliant, brilliant game. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember being in sixth form, year before I left for uni. An amazing, amazing game to watch. But uh, yeah, that's the first time. First time it's ever happened. Um, there's nearly 1,400 of you listening, which considering the fact that I left 
for a few seconds is great. Uh, do please uh, click the like button. I really would appreciate that. And subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I'm going to be wrapping the show up there. I've been going for 50 minutes. That's me talking, well, 49 minutes and 50 seconds because <laughs> I wasn't here for 10 of them. But um, yes, please do indeed uh, drop a like. It means the world that you continue to watch this show. I hope that you enjoyed yesterday. I hope that you will have a fantastic Sunday. Relax, watch Manchester United hopefully lose. We're all back in Liverpool um, in today's game. That would be great to see. Uh, also, I'd quite like Liverpool to beat Spurs to the Champions League places as well. So that's also something to be backing Liverpool to win um, in today's game against United. But uh, yes, I'm looking forward to a chilled Sunday, a relaxing Sunday. Uh, you can read my article, The Winners and Losers, out on football.london. There'll be an interview with one of the players from after the game going out a little bit later tonight as well. Um, but yeah, it's been a genuine pleasure to speak to you guys, as it always is. I will see you uh, either later on tonight or at least the very, very minimum tomorrow morning. And then, of course, uh, with the Arsenal Lounge tomorrow night as well. Have a brilliant Sunday. Enjoy it. And I will see you again very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.